Money FM 89.3, the best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Good Thursday morning. It's me, Dan Ko, keeping you company on Your Money with Michelle Martin. And joining us right now to break down the latest market actions is the one and only Ryan Huang. Good morning, Ryan. Good morning, Dan. How are you doing today? I'm doing good so far. Looking forward to the weekend. How's everything going? Uh, pretty good so far. So looking forward to the weekend as well. What's uh, going to be on your radar today? On my radar, well, the first things first, we're going to talk about the US Treasury yields that's pulling back slightly from their 2007 level highs. And we are seeing the 10-year Treasury yield that was last trading at about 4.735%. And this comes against the backdrop of a weak US labor market data, which has helped ease investors' concerns about over the Federal Reserve's higher for longer message on interest rates. Now, Ryan, break down the numbers for us. What do you make of the latest uh, jobs data? Yeah, so you've got that movement in bond yields finally turning around, at least for now. So some reprieve for investors. So just to give you an idea how much it's been pulling back, it was yesterday in the past 24 hours hitting a high for 10-year bonds, 4.88%. And like you pointed out, it's pulled back by 7 basis points overnight to around 4.7 plus percent. So that was driven partly because I believe um, investors were reading into the latest jobs data coming through from the ADP private payrolls, which showed that jobs creation was not as hot as expected. So coming Mm. in at around 89,000, which is actually just almost half of what the consensus forecast was. And also nearly one-third of what the prior month's uh, reading was. So jobs creation, not as hot as expected, which kind of eases the concerns about the higher for longer possibility. So that allows the Fed to take its foot off the pedal to some extent. But of course, we'll be looking forward to the non-farm payrolls data later this week on Friday to give, I guess, a bit of a confirmation of where things are going. But of course, you need more confirmation from more data to show that the easing up on the economy is sustainable. But for now, Mm. investors are taking the good news as they come in and uh, reversing the tide on bonds. It's like what I've said yesterday as well. Good news is bad news and bad news is good news. Now the moves follow a sell-off that began after the Fed's insistent last month that rates would be kept higher for longer. And so, you know, the move yesterday as well, it showed that the private sector employers in the US increased higher at the slowest pace in more than two and a half years as large companies start to shed jobs signaling a cooler labor market and as well as ahead of Friday's that's tomorrow of officials non-farm payrolls report we'll watch that very closely and give you the latest update on that tomorrow now I want to turn and I want to stick to the US and talk about one interesting headline that's caught my attention this morning, and it is the possible switching of Apple's search engine. Now, news broke recently that Apple has held talks with DuckDuckGo to replace Alphabet's Google as the default search engine for the private mode on Apple's Safari browser. Ryan, I haven't actually heard of DuckDuckGo before. Have you used it before? No, I've seen it before. So it's different type of proposition where uh, if you look at the usual browsers like Chrome from Google and um, Safari from Apple, 
typically when you browse or search for stuff mm. or use it, to some extent, it's going to be tracking you with cookies and data. So yeah. it helps advertisers because sometimes you notice when you're visiting a website or going somewhere, searching for something, the next thing you know is advertising something related for you to buy. Yeah, And it can be quite annoying, it can be quite creepy. So the proposition from DuckDuckGo's brand of browser is that it will not track you or it will not um, be as invasive as the other search engines. So a lot of people have been moving to DuckDuckGo as an alternative. And I think Apple is recognizing this issue that you know, people want more privacy mm. and maybe that could attract more people to their ecosystem. So they are getting ready to talk shop with DuckDuckGo to have their search engine on Apple's products. Yeah. Because if you've been following the um, saga around Google these days, yeah. they are facing challenges with regulators over how dominant they are and whether they, whether they are having an unfair advantage in the space of um, search engines. So if that is not going to play out the way that Google hopes in the sense that they um, will be let off the hook, then you could see more regulations, more issues for Google to operate in. And in turn, everyone who's been using Google will need to find um, alternatives. Yeah, it seems like gone were the days where Google's the moat in this industry. I mean, you look at DuckDuckGo, what I'm seeing so far is that uh, online uh, online websites are saying that DuckDuckGo can stop online trackers from spying from you. They can. You will also see fewer ads, like what you've rightly mentioned, Ryan, if you uh, run via Google, you see a lot of ads or ads on top of your search results from the search. And it's quite annoying sometimes, in fact, because, I mean, even I'm looking at the page right now, I'm seeing quite a few ads. And websites should also load faster on DuckDuckGo because uh, we've got, on top of collecting your data and causing ads to follow you around, you know, online trackers will also add extra data to websites you visit that would slow down your website's load time. So fewer ads means faster websites as well, and your search history isn't also stored. Sounds a lot to me like, uh, what's that uh, What's that private, uh, I can't exactly remember what's the private uh, software, or uh, no, the private search engine, aside from Google. <laughs> that, that Go is private? No, no, no. Another one? A, yeah, uh, you know what, um, let's just, uh, oh, incognito. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's In the private one. Okay. <laughs> mode. Uh, well, yes, it- the private mode. Uh, I'm not sure how much it um, hides your activity. Yeah. Um, okay, but yeah, I suppose that is another alternative, but I right. don't think it does 100%. Mm, not exactly 100%. So, DuckDuckGo, that's your answer to more privacy then, I suppose. Now, it's like what you've mentioned just now, the Justice Department has alleged that Google has paid billions of dollars to Apple and others to be the default search engine on web browsers and smartphones. So with this consideration, Ryan, what would this mean for Google moving forward as well as competition among search engines? And what would, me- what would it mean for advertisers as well? Because it means it's going to be a more challenging for them to reach out to consumers. Yeah, so it's going to be quite tough um, because... For a long time, people have been used to having the Google product yeah. in the Google search engine or mm. the Google um, browser. So there is already that somewhat seamless experience. So for them to change, maybe 
quite hard because you know habits are hard to break uh, and I think um, people just find their ways back to using what they've been used to so it might all be academic in the end of the day for whatever regulations come forth so it's going to be a big question mark how the Justice Department in the US figures out how to get the proper mechanisms in place to make sure there's a so-called level playing field mm, yeah level playing field that's uh, sooner or later I mean if you've been keeping up up to date with the latest news as well. We're seeing Google experiencing lots of challenges. We talk about open AI's chat GPT. That's also a challenge, big challenge for them. That's building and making news these days. So we'll watch and see how Google performs in the next few weeks and months ahead. Now let's travel over to South Korea, where one company is making headlines. And that's the robot maker Doosan Robotics that's more than doubled in its trading debut in Seoul after raising about $421 billion one. That's about 309 million US dollars in South Korea's largest initial public offering this year. Ryan, what exactly or what robots do Doosan Robotics make that's making investors so excited about it? Yeah, robots are pretty much in fashion these days, right? All, th- all things AI and all things robots are just capturing the attention of investors and Doosan really having a remarkable day one. Its stock price jumped as much as 160 so when you look at Doosan Robotics, they specialize in arms. Arms that can help you do anything on the factory floor. Ooh. Putting together stuff, making coffee, frying chicken, and serving beer. So if you actually were watching the IPO kickoff in the South Korean exchange, so normally when you have a new stock listing, you get a drum that's being hit by a... What do you call it? The drum? The drum? Piece that you hold. Uh, drumstick. Uh, drumstick, drumstick yeah. yes. So they had a robot <laughs> arm holding the drumstick, yeah. hitting the drum. So that's, wow. uh, I guess, a quirky fact for you that you know, they are in the business of building robotic arms to do whatever you need to do. Yeah. I would like one of this at home, actually. Wouldn't you like to have a robot cooking dinner for you. No, no, do you think a robot arm can one day play the violin? Oh, 100%, right? And I think it's already available out there. Oh, okay. So why yeah. do we need violin players? Man, you're killing my job here, right? <laughs> but that's uh, you know what? I'm having a mixed feelings about this one right now. But yeah, it's pretty interesting to see how they've performed so far, and we're talking about you know shares of the robot maker surging by as much as 160 percent to 67,601 in early trading today. And the company with the sole listed Doosan as its biggest shareholder last month sold about 16.2 million shares at 26. 6,001 each. The top of a marketed price range. Very interesting stuff for Doosan Robotics here. What does this suggest about investor appetite for this tech sector then, even amid this uh, macroeconomic climate, Ryan? Yeah, I suppose it comes down to the story that the company can tell, right? And Doosan does have a story to tell. Mm. Uh, we, of course, saw AI stocks going on a bit of a run earlier this year and then starting to taper off as people try to figure out, you know, has it been overbought? And it does, to some degree, show that there could still be more leaks on the technology rally, so to speak, uh, because if you look at the future of business and how companies will operate, they will need a lot of AI, a lot of 
robot, robots as well. So it is operating in a good space and mm. it has a good long-term story. Yeah, mix this with AI. My goodness, it sounds a lot like it's coming out of an Iron Man movie. I mean, I'm looking at the, the video now of this uh, Doosan Robotics and it does look a little bit like that Jarvis yeah. robot, right? Quite interesting here. Well, anyways, let's uh, just keep that in mind and we'll watch very closely to see how it develops over the next few weeks as well. Now we're going to play a game of up or down and it's very simple. All you got to do is guess whether a stock or a topic is going to be an up or a down. Ryan, are you ready? Let's go. Okay, first on the list, Ford. All right, Ford is going to be a down because sales are down. 46% because deliveries were delayed and this was the... F-150 pickup that Ford sells, electric pickup. Mm. Yeah, it's uh, delayed for quality checks, apparently, and uh, Lightning, that's Ford's signature electric vehicle, it's lost ground in the quarter as the factory was shut down for six weeks while it was trying to expand to produce 150,000 trucks a year. Paints a similar picture to what we've seen with uh, Tesla as well. Now let's move on to Rivian. Okay, Rivian. Another EV maker. Um, I would go with down because the stock price is down. Mm. And that's because it offered or issued and or has plans to issue a green convertible bond to the tune of $1.5 billion. So more stock will dilute whatever is out there already. So is it down for me? Yeah, the dilution of the current shareholders' interests, that doesn't sound very good to me. I'm going to go with a down for Rivian as well. Sticking on the same note of EV this morning, we're going to go to BYD. Okay, let's take a look at what BYD is doing. And we've got sales of BYD possibly under pressure as uh, we look at the Tesla versus BYD gap starting to close. So BYD actually could be poised to overtake Tesla as the world's biggest seller of electric vehicles as as it gets more traction in China and also overseas. Hmm, BYD, in fact, you know, based on the latest data as well, it's sold slightly more than 431,000 fully electric vehicles in the three months ended September the 30th. And that's up 23% from the second quarter as well. And it does compare to, uh, it's, a, it's a significant difference to what Tesla has been doing so far. I'm going to go with an up for BYD. Last EV maker we're going to move into, it's a mix of both. It's a Toyota as well as a LG Energy Solution. Yeah, so EVs need electric batteries and this is coming from Toyota Motor and it has reached an agreement with LG Energy Solution to get these batteries. So right. this is a up for me for these two guys. Investment of three billion US dollars in its Holland, Michigan battery facility to supply Toyota's Kentucky plant from dedicated production lines. Very promising stuff here for Toyota Moto. I'm gonna go with an up as well. Ryan, let's uh, look at maybe one the milling, the milling industry. Let's talk about SingPost. All right, so that's gonna be um makes for me. <laughs> All right, so. Come Monday, we will see a price hike in stamps. The first mail you sent will be 51 cents. Yeah. That's nearly double what is the existing rate. And it's because it has to make up for losses in its at least postal 
post and parcel business it's been losing $16 million in 2022. Right. But the group has been fortunate enough to seize logistics business offsetting the losses. So that is actually seeing nearly 90% of its profits coming from logistics. Uh, so now there is a bit of a question mark. Mm. You know, if you hike prices, is it going to be enough to turn things around for the postal service because already people are not using postal services enough. Yeah. If you hike prices, will that mean people will use it even less? Mm. So maybe it's going to be just a long-running issue that more losses could be seen in the postal service. Yeah. Uh, but it does look like they have plans to help shore up efficiencies somehow. Uh, no details yet. So, uh, one of the areas that I think Singpost will talk about soon and will be a, an interesting space to watch out for to see how they turn around the postal service business. Yeah, it's really quite a mixed bag here, Ryan. I mean, if we look at what's been happening the past few years, Singpost said previously that the mail volume declined by more than 40%. That's between 2018 and 2023. So I don't know if this is... I mean, I feel like this might, in fact, uh, deter people from even doing postage services instead. Uh, do you usually send mails nowadays, Ryan? No, more emails than mail. Mm. Of course, um, it comes with your, I suppose, lifestyle, right? Back in the day, we didn't have email. So everyone yeah. was um, posting stuff, postcards, uh, hello letters, and so on, your pen pals. But yeah. things have changed. Um, so they've got to find a way to bring people back to posting stuff for some reason. Yeah, but I like the uh, authenticity of, you know, sending over a mail as well. It does have an old touch to it, you know, very sentimental stuff. Yeah, the only mail I get are my bills these days. Oh, no, right. I don't think that's the mail that we want. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go with the down for simpost as well. Last word of the day, I'm actually curious to get your opinion on this one here. What would you do if you buy a new phone? And it starts to heat up so bad. Hmm. I would not use it as much. I suppose one reason why it heats up is because you're using too much. Is that right? Well, I, I mean, think so? if you've paid about maybe close to $2,000 for that, would you expect it to be heating up more than normal? No, I, probably not. It should be a premium phone, right? Yeah, it should be premium, supposedly. I mean, but some early iPhone Pro owners reported that their iPhone could get hotter than normal. And, well, I mean, that's based on uh, a, a few accounts from people who are using that so far. And Apple has said that, or in fact, they've blamed the bad code in apps, including Uber, Instagram, and the Asphalt 9 racing game, as well as a bug in the device's software, blaming that as a result of the overheating uh, issue. Um, but so far, they've released or rolled out a mm. software update to address an overheating issue that plagued some buyers of the iPhone 15 Pro line. I yeah, don't know so much about quite this. Quite timely because Google just came out with the Pixel 8 overnight. Yeah. So they've got to figure out how to compete with um, all these new phones right now. Have mm. you seen the Google Pixel 8? Not really, actually. Oh, let me just search it up real quick. Okay, let me quick. give you a bit of a lowdown on some of the fun features. So, Ooh, okay. It's got some AI components. It's running on the new Tensor G3 chip, which mm -hmm. gives the capacity for AI and machine learning functions. Ooh. And so better camera, better speed, and also editing tools. So if you're familiar with 
past pixel stuff, you've got something called a magic eraser already, okay. which you can take away or crop away stuff that you don't want in the background. Yeah. So now I've got what's called best take. So you can take a burst of pictures or separately, okay. a couple of pictures, yeah. and combine it into the perfect picture. Like if you're doing a group photo, right? Sometimes yeah. someone looks away or is not smiling okay. or has their eyes closed. So you can just take a combination of group photos to make the perfect group photo. Ooh, that so looks that's nice. called best take. And you've got audio magic eraser. So okay. if you're taking videos, so this is like um, the audio flash bomber, right? It's not supposed to be there, but you want yeah. to take it away. How do you do it? Just use audio magic eraser. Ooh. So if you're maybe doing a video shoot on a street side and then there's a garbage truck you know, with the, the siren or ambulance siren going on, you can take away those sounds. Yeah. So Ooh. quite useful for you to get rid of unwanted sounds in your videos if you need to. Wow. This is, wait, hang on. So you can filter just that filter siren. Sounds, yeah. Just that siren. Wow. Yeah, My I goodness. I thinking it's going to be quite useful for studios as well someday. Magic yeah. Eraser if we can somehow integrate it. And you've got also a built-in thermometer for what? the Pixel 8 Pro. Why do you need to measure temperatures? Well, you'll find a reason why <laughs> because they've got a thermometer. Maybe you're in the kitchen and you've got your phone and yeah. you need to measure your food temperature for some reason. <laughs> okay. <laughs> or whatever reason, maybe you, you've got a, you know, some, some kids in front of you and you want to figure out if they've got a fever. I don't know how yeah. it works, but um, you've got to... Ha- Try it out. Fancy. Uh, it sounds like everything all in one package for Google Pixel. Oh man, I might be. Uh, you might be buying me here, Ryan. I think I'm already quite sold on the Google Pixel Eight you as well. Get both an Apple and a Pixel. Oh man, sir, it's very expensive for the Apple, whereas the Google Pixel Eight it comes and starts at about nine hundred and ninety nine dollars, compared with Apple at about at least I think a thousand five hundred dollars. Quite a steep price. Would you just change for you, Dan? Yeah, let's see how it rolls. But thank you so much, Ryan, as always, for this breakdown of Market View. We'll catch you again tomorrow, same time, same place. Meanwhile, continue to keep it right here with us on Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A W E D I O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.